Well, hello, everybody. Welcome in. This is Coach V. I am here with Coach McVicker. Um, how you doing, Coach? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. We're happy to have you. And uh, I'm sure you're riding high. I mean, obviously, the Conference 27 tournament didn't go as planned. But, planned. Um, but you still got a number one seed. Um, yeah. So riding That's high off that. Super excited about yeah, yeah. We did not make it. It's been a tough. It's been tough trying to get this team figured out. But we want to be back in the NTT, and we're just not there right now. So mm. it's tough. But but you had like a big swing, right? Like you guys had a lot of losing, and then turned it around mid season. Yeah, yeah. We start off, I think, zero and five. <laughs> we finished ten and eight. <laughs> hey, there you so, go. Uh, we figured some things out, but not enough to make the tournament. Mm, yeah, so, next season. Yeah, toughest toughest conference in the in the league, and then also part of the PNTT. So right, right. Well, let's get going. Um, we'll start off with this with Region One. We got Ann Arbor and Annapolis. Mm-hmm. Ann Arbor's coached by Coach Bradley, and uh, you know his team's been pretty good the last couple of years. You know, making the NTT both years. Um, but this year he added Anthony Baker to his team and yeah. Baker has been sensational. Uh, nine, he's shooting nine, three pointers a game and he's making <laughs> them at 40.9%. Mm-hmm. Um, guy doesn't want to play defense. doesn't play a lick of defense. He does. He just kind of stands yep. there and hopes no one around him shoots, but right. um, he hides it in the zone and, you know, uh, I definitely don't think that'll be too much of a problem with this first round matchup against Annapolis. No. Yeah. Baker uh, is absolutely insane. I remember him coming in on the recruiting page and it's like, yeah. well, will he be not, not that big of a tie, you know, because of the no defense. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I, I, I couldn't get to it, but he's obviously uh, what a, what a grab. Yeah. Yeah. He's, just playing incredible. And then Ann Arbor, um, they are, they're actually, um, yeah, they're, they're actually, let me look at this real quick. So they're number three and three points against, which is interesting, or, or three pointers attempted. Okay. So mm-hmm. they're number yeah. three and three pointers attempted. Um, they're number six in true shooting percentage. Anthony Baker is number eight on the player. Uh, game score page, the mm. number four in points. Uh, their number, yeah. So that's all of theirs. And then Annapolis um, is number eight in defensive three points allowed. So they try and uh, shut down the defensive three pointers. Uh, nothing else. They're from Conference Five. Not a great conference, but you know they won their conference tournament to make the NTT. So. Good for them, um, wow. but just just a tough matchup, you know, for for them. I mean, anytime you're a 16 seed, you're going to get a tough exactly. matchup. But Ann Arbor looks like they're just rolling. Right. We talk a lot about the parity in this league, right? But even mm-hmm. even then, like, so we always, you know, give hope for the 16 to the one. But it's you're running up against. Well, one Ann Arbor is just overall like a, a program that's super like has a big history behind it 
right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then has been on a high for a while here. I feel like, what is it? Their history they've been? Yeah, they're ranked one at the end of season 20. Uh, and only once in the last since then have been over rank 50. Um, and then obviously have a, a really solid team. They, they have Anthony Baker. And then what I really love is seeing Alex Norton and Austin Rodriguez from their junior class ranked 17 five, just seriously pointing up some good numbers, um, rebounds, blocks, um, and some good steals from, from their point guard as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, he's got some studs and starting in their starters. Um, they will run into problems if they get into some foul trouble. Um, yeah. You know, they're not very deep. Uh, they do have Joseph Celaya, uh, C- C- I think it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, someone's who, um, who is pretty good, but ultimately, you know, this team, you know, they got their stars and they rely on those guys a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, as long as they don't get in foul trouble, they should be okay. Um, let's look at the next matchup, the 8-9 matchup. We got Fort Lauderdale Wolverines cooked by Colt Bert, uh, Bertolef. Um, You know, he's got that freshman class of uh, Gary Ehlers and Peyton Gillespie. Gary mm-hmm. Ehlers has been playing great as the oversized yeah. point guard. Um, I always love me some uh, oversized point guards. <laughs> um, anytime I get a chance to do it, I, I like to. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, he's, he's a lot of fun. Six, seven, 23 points a game, 2.6 assists, 1.6 steals, only 1.4 turnovers. Um, yeah. And then freshman, uh, Payne Gillespie works well in there. And then, uh, Andre Saylor grabbing 12, 12.4 rebounds per game, 3.9 assists, 3.2 mm-hmm. blocks. Um, they look really good. And then Montpelier. The Peepers, coached by Coach Russack, they got Moises Gary, the freshman, Christian Medina. They got some talent. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, they actually won the Conference 6 tournament, beating a really solid Carnegie team in the finals. So um, they got a really good team. They got some height, 6'6", 6'6", 6'7", 6'10", 7'1". They really rely on that. Let me, sh- let me look up real quick. Um, Montpelier is uh, number three in blocks. They're number four in uh, defensive three points allowed. Mm. And then that's it. And then Fort Lauderdale is number three in turnovers, um, number five in defensive points allowed, number six in point margin, number four in three points attempted. Um, number 10 in defensive three points allowed number six in offensive rebounds number. Yeah. And that's it. So they got a lot of talent. This game looks like it should be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's going to be really fun. Uh, what's really interesting is you look at their strength of schedules, right? Mm-hmm. So you have Fort Lauderdale who has two thirty thirty four, and then Montpelier who's at eight. Right. And mm-hmm. that includes Ann Arbor and Duluth and Carnegie, what, three times? Yeah, they played Carnegie mm-hmm. three times. Right. So it's it's hard to say just looking at the stats, like who comes out on top, because we obviously yeah. know that Fort Lauderdale will have a bit of a inflated stat line. But I love Andre Saylor. Um, yeah. And just overall, the Fort Lauderdale, like eight point four turnovers looks so nice. 
right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it'll be really interesting. That's definitely one that I'll I'll go back to. What might be interesting, what might it, what it might come down to is foul trouble, because you look at Montpelier, who in in terms of just you know magazine ratings look like a much deeper team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so can the stars of Fort Lauderdale stay out of foul trouble and, and take them there? Or um, will the depth of, of Montpelier win it for them? Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, Fort Lauderdale's coming off back-to-back Final Four appearances. Mm. Um, so their lack of a tough schedule um, hasn't hurt them too much in the NTT, at least the past two years. Um, sure. But when you look at this year, it's a little more difficult because the only team they played on their schedule that's in the NTT is Huntsville, and they lost mm. both games to Huntsville. Um, right. Whereas Montpelier, you know, they go to the PNTT. They, they've already played Ann Arbor, kept it close, you know. Um, right. They've played Duluth, you know. The, the Carne- their, their losses are, you know, Duluth, Carnegie, uh, Camden, Banger, um, which was – seems like a little bit of aberration, but they don't have any bad losses. Also don't have a lot of great wins. They do have a win over Boise and NTT team. And then they did beat Carnegie and Camden and NTT teams. Okay. To make it to the NTT. So it's going to be interesting, but I got to like Fort Lauderdale's, um, Fort Lauderdale's success in the NTT the last two years. Granted, they did lose three senior stars from right. last year. Yeah. So that's what I was different. about to say. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you know, a lot of times when you get in these close games, you really rely on uh, guys like Sailor, guys like Hazelwood, who have been there before and can uh, get you there again. Yeah, no, that's good. All right, let's look at the um, next matchup. Uh, we have the 4-13 matchup. We got Salt Lake City Denizens against the Youngstown Solaris. Uh, Salt Lake City, you know, you got to talk about Jonathan Crawley, 22 mm. points a game, uh, last year's freshman of the year on 56.8% true shooting. He's getting 11.1 rebounds per game. That's even more than their center, David Morgan, um, out there. And they just got a balanced attack from, um, Kobe Wayner and Blake Mason. And then Youngstown, they won their conference tournament to sneak in, um, is an automatic qualifier. Their team's a little different. Um, they got Emmanuel Tellier. He's probably their best player, part of a 129-31 class. Um, 6'10", 19 points a game on 62.2% true shooting. Uh, that guy is just <laughs> – he's a monster. You know, he's playing <laughs> – he's really, he's really playing incredible. Um, yeah, you got uh, Benjamin Robertson, their senior shooting guard. Um, he's a really inefficient um, shooting guard. So we got, we got a fun matchup there. Youngstown is – they're not top 10 in any uh, statistical category. And then Salt Lake City is number seven in uh, defensive true shooting percentage. They're number four in blocks. Number – yeah, and that's it. So they really rely on their defense. I think it should be a good matchup of – um, teams going up against each other. What do you think? Yeah, I don't have much more to add on this one. I mean, in terms of talent, you you have Salt Lake 
like you said, Jonathan Crowley, um, just, he, I think he was fresh. Yeah. He's sophomore. So freshman of the year last year, um, coming back. I know, I think I heard in a podcast that coach Bill's fan was a little worried, uh, for Crowley off of the scrims from this, this, the beginning of this season, but it looks like he's, he's turned out just fine. Um, maybe mm -hmm. not to the full level that he was uh last year but if you're getting 11 rebounds from the power forward at 6 8 uh, and with 2.6 blocks you're you're sitting great um again super well talented team on salt lake uh we would really just look to for look for benjamin robertson and emmanuel tellier on youngstown if they can just have an amazing game um and just pop off then i could see them moving forward but my default will be you know seeing Salt Lake move on on this one. A uh, little bit of an interesting tidbit. Uh, so the last two games and kind of throughout the season, he's kind of moved, uh, Coach Rygel has moved uh, Tellier around. The last two games, he played Rygel at small forward. And he went 12 mm -hmm. for 15 and 11 for 18. Earlier in the year when he played, he went 9 for 19, 10 for 16, 6 for 13. Um, but he shoots pretty efficiently. I mean, he, he already shoots really, really efficiently, but he's been shooting really efficiently since moving to small forward. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of a lot of times, you know, it's tough playing center because you can just maybe put a zone on them and then they're going to have a hard time. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I wonder if this small forward, this small forward switch will help. Um, I'd love to see him go head to head against uh I'd love to see him go head to head against Crowley, but um, yeah. we'll see what happens. Okay, let's look at the four, the five, uh, twelve matchup. We got the Reno Rollers from your conference against the Chicago Maroons. So you know, um, yeah, you know, um, you know Reno pretty well. You guys played mm -hmm. them. Is it once or twice a year? Twice. Twice. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's you guys. Bakersfield and Reno all have played each other at least twice, if yeah. not more. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> you did, which you did play him a third time this year. So, right. um, <laughs> yeah, that's just the top of your conference is just incredible. So, Reno, yeah, what? Tell me about Reno. Reno is is interesting. Obviously, you have um, really solid like um, backcourt and Chandler Zachary, uh, he's benched or put in backup Vincent Middleton. Um, I think he did that partway through the season. I'm pretty sure Middleton played, um, for the first half. Uh, and then he was subbed in Eric Reese as maybe a bit more efficient shooter or, uh, maybe passer. But, um, what's been sneaky recently for Reno, um, at least from what I've seen in the past few seasons, what our team has succeeded on them is, is just shooting their defense. Hasn't been played super well, but this year their defense has stepped it up. Um, Blake, my, my top guy, Blake Ramsey has struggled really hard against Reno. Um, and I think that's from Zachary Richardson, his, his shooting guard um, was when we played him was averaging 1.9 steals. And I think he even has more, um, defensive rating and just the form of of locking down and making shooters miss. Uh, and then obviously you just have such a hard time scoring close, scoring in the paint with Henry Jones and Jermaine uh, Collins 
averaging almost all of their 10.8 blocks just right there. So they're a fun matchup. They evenly score and they don't let you score on the inside. Yeah. Okay. Great. And then you look at Chicago. Chicago's in a conference with the Leafs, so um, you know that's really the only tough team they 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 really have on their schedule is the Leafs, and they haven't done great against them. But you know they're winning the other games outside the Oakland game. Um, so um, hmm. hey, I mean they definitely have a solid team for sure. Uh, and then I mean, but nothing jumps off the page to you. You know they have. They have solid players, um, but this Reno team looks like they're going to be tough to beat in a, in a game like this. Um, yeah. it's really I re- I'm really interested to see the 1-3 freshman class all on the bench for Chicago. Or the, well, yeah. hold on. Never mind. Is that true? Are they actually doing that? Yeah, that that is true. <laughs> wow. That is okay. true. That, that's a bold strategy, you know. Um, it is. It is a bold strategy. You know, you got, yeah, these guys, Perry and Fields, both averaged um, 20, over 20 points a game. I'm really efficient. I'm really efficient shooting. You know, all of them can defend. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I think he just didn't want to take uh, the seniors out, you know, and yeah. um, that, that, that's an interesting strategy for sure. You know, and he snuck in barely getting um, the at-large bid at 47. He was one of the last teams in. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I I pull for Reno here. Maybe that's just you know conference bias, but um, yeah, I think just from the stat wise as well. But you also you know he's got the three seniors he's starting are one are uh, ranked one three, and they're all under six. They're six 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 and six foot. Um, so uh, so he's got one three class and an eight eighteen class. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the, I mean. It'd be tough to start those uh, freshmen at different positions, I think. Right. Um, That's a good point. So just something to think about. Uh, okay. Let's uh, look at the next matchup. Um, we go down to the second half. We got Scottsdale going up against the Cleveland Crows. Um, Scottsdale has uh, Jared McKinley. They kind of ran through Conference 29. Um, they have a really tough schedule, number 15, strength of schedule overall. Mm. Uh, but you know, only one other team I think in their conference is in the NTT. Um, that being San Francisco, the Golden Gators. Uh, other than that, not they did play in the PNTT. Uh, they beat you guys the first game. Yeah, um, lost to Duluth by one point. So, uh, got killed by Fremont. So kind of an <laughs> up and down team. But, um, you know, they have some talent on their team for sure uh, yeah. with uh, Jared McKinley, the senior small forward, shooting 57.2% true shooting. Um, you look at Scottsdale. Scottsdale is uh, number four in assist. They're number 10 in free throws attempted. Number Yeah, and then, yeah, just four in assist. And then they're going up against Cleveland. Cleveland is coached by a guy I went to college with. His name's A.J. Baxter. He got his first ever NTT appearance, so congratulations to him. Uh, Cleveland, he has been in the NTT before, but um, he's kind of led by that sophomore class of uh, Jesus Ivory and Nicholas Owen, uh, two big guys. But, you know, they they don't look very imposing, you know, looking at their team. 
But, you know, they ran off three wins against some solid teams. They beat Springfield and St. Paul in the championship. They like to keep the score low, and then hopefully they can um, – yeah, hopefully they can uh, win. So they're number 10 in blocks. Um, they're number two in three-pointers attempted. Um, and that's <laughs> it. So they love to shoot a lot of threes. Any chance for an upset here? It's so interesting. I'm what I'm looking at is the amount of shots that they allow, uh, and yeah. how many shots that they take. Right? Uh, it's uh, the lowest that I've ever seen. And then you look over at Scottsdale, and it's the opposite. They they shoot a ton, and their opponents shoot a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see the inflated rebounding numbers over on Scottsdale's, whereas. Um, you're going to see less rebounds when you're taking 20 less shots or 10 less shots, uh, 20 less shots total um, over on the Cleveland Crows. And there's still, he still has his power forward averaging 9.6 rebounds, right? So um, I think that, you know, if, if the three pointers fall and, you know, you just lean on uh, their power forward and center for the Crows, I, I could see it happening. Um but it's a, it's a really interesting just because of that. There's just two obvious different um, ways of playing this game or playing the game, and we'll see how how they match up. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, man, thirty three percent of their shots are three pointers. They're taking nineteen point five a game, and they only take fifty nine shots in a game. I would um, guess when you get a matchup like this. Um, usually what wins out is the uh, team that shoots more, right? Usually that's that, the kind of – That's what I would say, yeah. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting. Uh, but, hey, you know what? Um, that's why you play the game. I, I, I bet you Coach Baxi wants to slow the game down, even though he ran fast the last two games, um, being Springfield and uh, St. Paul in close games. But, um, yeah, it should be – I'm interested to see what happens. So let's move down to the uh, 7-10 matchup. Um, so in the 7-10 matchup, you have the uh, Miami, Astral Plains going to the Boise Potato Sacks. Miami, they have guys like uh, Dejan Dixon and the freshman Evan Scott, part of the 34-11 uh, freshman class. Evan Scott has been playing incredible, 59 percent uh, mm. true shooting, 19 points a game from the power forward spot. Um, he won freshman player of the year, conference player of the year, conference freshman of the year, um, so and conference 12. So great accomplishment by him. Um, I love Evan. Uh, so Miami, they're number nine in defensive points, um, number nine in true shooting, um, number seven in true shooting margin, number seven in steals. And that's it. Uh, Boise is – I don't think they are top ten in any statistical category. Uh, but what they but what they have is they have some studs. Cody Nugent, their sophomore, um, he, he puts up a lot of shots. But, you know, he's pretty efficient in 54% true shooting on – with 20, almost 23 points a game. They get a lot of help from their bench, too. You know, you look at guys yeah. like Kevin Smith, Brandon Lovin, and uh, Cody Newsom. Th- 
those guys chip in a few points. They they're not really relying on um, too many guys. They have those two seniors on the NA, so they're young. They're playing together. Um, these guys are all in the NTT for the first time. Uh, what do you think of this matchup? Yeah, I, I look at Boise and I just remember back to Tallahassee Chargers, uh, mm -hmm. who run a similar thing where they're running pretty even minutes for their starters yeah. and their bench, uh, and it it caught me. Uh, one of the one of the NTT, I think it was a first game that I I had to play Tallahassee on on our first game, and it just surprised us, and we got we got swept. Um, so you can't minimize the numbers. Like you said, the, the bench on Boise seems that, you know, if they get in foul trouble, no problem. We'll just sub in our bench and they'll take it from there. Um, I, and I, I know stamina is not in this game, but yeah. people who are doing this make me wonder, right. It, yeah. <laughs> it starts to make me question. Is it still like, is it a hidden stat or for some reason? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a fan of Evan Scott as well. Uh with 1.7 steals as well. You're throwing that in there. Um, and then 2.5 uh offensive rebounds as a six nine power four is great. So um we'll see again. Boise is hard to say just because of that. Um, and then Miami's strength of schedule wise is only 201. Um, and I don't see other than New Orleans is the yeah. only and then Lincoln in the exhibition. Uh, were the only top 100 teams that they played. So really up in the air for them. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next matchup. We have Carbondale Eclipse going up against uh, the Cambridge uh, Ab <sighs> Absorca Ponchos. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, you know, Carbondale's a really solid team. They won the NTP yeah. um, three years ago. Uh, two of the seniors that they're starting, they played on that team. So they remember mm -hmm. that well. Um, Cambridge is new to the NTT. Just two years ago, they were one of the worst teams in the RTT. So um, <laughs> it's been a great, it's been a, it's been a good turnaround for them um, to make it to the NTT. And really that's a lot of testament to uh, Chase, Chase Rathburn, um, Rathburn, uh, taken over. So Carbondale is number nine in free throws attempted, number 10 in steals, number nine in turnovers, um, number, yeah, yeah. And then Cambridge is number three in defensive free throws allowed, so they don't follow foul. Um, number six in blocks, and then Chase Rathburn is the number four in uh, game score for, for a player. So uh, Cambridge really tries to limit the fouls and Carbondale goes to try and uh, draw as many as they can. Uh, I don't know. Any insight into this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. Cambridge, you know, big, quick turnaround from, like you said, kind of the bottom of the RTT to the NTT. Um, mm -hmm. And we love to see a Cinderella story, uh, but I feel like that's what it would have to be uh, here. Like you said, Chase Rathbun, very solid player. I mean, you're getting 57 true shot on 25 points. I don't have that. I would love that. Uh, so that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, what Carbondale is ranked seven on strength of schedule of six, right? So tried and tested their team's gone through a bit of a gauntlet uh, and they've come out yeah. playing really well. 
Um, Their losses are pretty close. I mean, they lost to Carnegie and Reno early on when it looks like they're still kind of testing out some, some team composition there. And then after that, they only lost two others and they're within seven points on both. So, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's look at the next, uh, the last matchup. We got the Colorado spring Marmots going up against the Oxford blue, um, Colorado, 16 and 2, 25, 207 strength of schedule. Joseph Holmes shooting 58.9% true shooting on t- with 24 points a game. Oxford is um, 14 and 4, uh, number 44 with a 160 strength of schedule. They won Conference 8, lost in the first round of their conference tournament, though. Uh, they're they're led by uh, Dylan Wells. So both teams really, really rely on their shooting guard. Um, Oxford is number eight in assist, and that's it for them. Um, Colorado is Springs, um, our 10th in defensive points. Uh, and I think that's it. Oh, yep, 10th in points allowed. So they try and limit the score. I love it. You know, you got your two best players, Holmes, Holmes and uh, yeah, Holmes and uh, Wells going head to head. Uh, yeah, should be a fun one, huh? Yeah, I like it. It's I, I think of it as just like, you know, two Luke Skywalkers going at it. Right. See if mm-hmm. they can they can fire off the the shot that wins it. Um, let me see here. Uh what worries me a little bit is so Colorado Springs scoring 75 points, only taking 6.7 threes per game, right? So I'm assuming a lot of those points are coming from in the paint and Oxford blue is only averaging 5.7 blocks. Um, and so it looks like they, if they're allowing points, they're allowing points inside. Um, that might be kind of the clincher for them. Um, we'll mm-hmm. kind of have to see how their how their bigs deal with those those inside shooters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk a few players that we want to watch from this group. Um, or do you want to do that? Yeah. Well, well, actually, first let's do uh, first let's do um, predictions for the rest of this uh, how this bracket is going to play out. Mm-hmm. So, um, I like, man, um, man, I like that Fort Lauderdale Ann Arbor matchup. I think it's going to be a great, a great matchup. Um, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to go, uh, but I think I'm going to take Fort Lauderdale to take down the upset of uh, Ann Arbor. I like Reno over Salt Lake City. I like uh, Boise over Miami and Scottsdale. And then I like Carbondale getting out over um, Boise. And then I'm going to take Carbondale beating Fort Lauderdale to get to the final four. So Carbondale back to the final four. Mm. I, yeah, so I'm kind of similar in terms of the top half. Uh, taking Ann Arbor as far as they go. I think that it'll the Reno to Salt Lake game. I think Reno gets past Chicago. 
and Reno against Salt Lake, seeing how Crawley goes up against Reno will be really interesting um, mm-hmm. to watch. Um, I think Reno's, they're going to keep rolling. You know, the Reno rollers, I think they're going to keep rolling from a final four of last year. Um, I think they're going to, they're going to roll on. I think they maybe lose to the odd um, zone play of, of Ann Arbor uh, and, and Arbor takes it to, um, you know, the, the elite eight uh, on the back end. I like Scottsdale um, just from seeing them slaughter us in the beginning of this season. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Carbondale is, is probably the other one there as, uh, just overall play. Um, you've got their freshman Cole Patrick who likes to come in for a couple of points on the, on the side as well. So um, I would take, I still take Scottsdale up to that. I'll probably take Ann Arbor to go to the final four. Nice. Nice. So we got Ann Arbor and Carbondale um, players to watch in this group. Um, talk about Chase Rathburn a little bit. Anthony Baker. Um, um yeah, I mean yeah. Any players Jonathan def- Crawley, obviously. Yeah, Jonathan Crawley, defensive man from Reno of Jermaine Collins. Um who is over here? Manuel Tellier is a yep. stud. Um I was Evan Scott from Miami. Mm-hmm. I was talking about Evan Scott. I was talking him up a lot in that game. Um yeah, so there's some players. It, mm-hmm. You know, and I think uh, I was on Jesus Ivory in, uh, I mean, I think he's a stud, you know, uh, he, he might not have the great, greatest test, but you know, he can play. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, um, that wraps it up for this region. Um, we'll do another one coming up shortly.